here tonight, Nehemiah chapter 3 in your Bible. Nehemiah chapter 3. I'd like to make some introductory comments before we get into the message proper, as I call it. First of all, I'm thankful that you're here tonight, and uh, we're looking forward to, we're, we're doing a lot of year-end inventory. I do that almost every year, and I have our theme planned out for 2020. We've got to make some adjustments. We're planning on making some adjustments. I mentioned in Sunday school this morning. Again, there's two dirty words now that I can't, I'm not allowed to say. I've been saying it for 50 years. And uh, we need to have life groups. And uh, I know that sounds, might, might sound silly to you, but I've got to get used to saying it myself. And uh, got to make some adjustments. Uh, I was telling Brother Paul just moments ago, uh, and I've never been in one of these stores, but you ever heard of, ladies, you know, you've heard of Forever 21. It's a, it's a chain store. They've only been around for a few years. They're called Forever Forever 21, but they filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy, I saw on the internet. They're all going under several hundred stores across America. Forever 21 is no more. <laughs> and you know, they're supposed to be young and, you know, to use an old archaic word, hip, of course, and, uh, uh, but uh, they didn't change. I got a book in my office called Change or Die. Um, 2020 is not 1989. It's not 1995. And... Uh, We've got to learn how to adjust a little bit for the times that we live in, of course. Even McDonald's has to learn how to adjust. Uh, Sears and Roebuck need to learn how to adjust or there'll be no more. J.C. Penney's and so forth and so on. Uh, Sunday nights, don't get nervous, don't get nervous, but Sunday nights are not working like they used to work, not just at Harvest Baptist Church, but all over America, as a matter of fact, in uh, many churches. And good churches are no longer having Sunday night services. Uh, I think that's uh, probably an uh, overreaction, a mistake as such, but... Uh, um, people have so many things to entertain themselves now, of course. And we're, we used to, when I was a kid, uh, Jaden, we used to have three, and Jane, Jane can, Jane and June, and uh, well, several people in this room can relate to this. Remember when we used to have three black and white channels if, they, if we got their rabbit ears right? And uh, those days are gone. Now we've got several hundred channels, and there's still nothing on TV, of course. And, uh, but uh, there's uh, so much football and so much distraction. And there's the internet and so forth, and so uh, we, we're competing with more than ever before than we've ever competed with, of course. And uh, This message, by the way, is meant to be an encouragement tonight, not a discouragement. I'm just doing some analyzing and critiquing. But Nehemiah chapter 3, I want to deal with the subject of rebuilding the broken walls in your life. We all have broken walls in our life, and uh, I preached this message a number of years ago now, so many years ago that you won't remember it anyhow. So <laughs> uh, back in 2003, uh, that was 16 years ago. And uh, 16 and a half years ago, I preached this message, according to my trusty records. And so uh, I'm going to let you remain seated tonight because uh, you're old and tired like me. No, I'm just teasing, but you like to, you know, I just want you to be comfortable tonight. But I want you to tune in to the Word of God. I'll read the scriptures. There's a lot of hard names here, several hard names, I should say. And I'd like to read the whole chapter, but for time's sake, we're only going to read the first five verses and launch from there. Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 1 to verse 5. And allow me to do the reading. Just follow along carefully as I read, please. Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priest, and they builded the sheep gate. They sanctified it and set up the doors of it, even unto the tower of Mahia, or Mia. They sanctified it unto the tower of Hananiel. And next unto him builded the men of Jericho, now, I have to do this quickly, but Sonny, I have not had the advantage of being in Israel. And Jericho is about 20 miles or so from Jerusalem. And it's through mountainous country to get from Jericho to Jerusalem. But they evidently took this journey and, uh, to go back to Jerusalem to help rebuild the walls. The next unto them built Zachur, the son of Imri. 
But the fish gate did the sons of Hassaniah build, who also had the beams thereof, and set up the doors thereof, the locks thereof, and the bars thereof. And next unto them repaired Merimoth, the son of Urijah, the son of Kaz. And next unto them repaired Moshulam, the son of Berechiah, the son of Meshabeel. You see why we didn't have responsive reading tonight here. And next unto them repaired Zadok, the son of Bana, not Banana, Bana there. And next unto him, or next unto them, the Tekoites repaired, but their nobles put not their necks to the work of the Lord. I'm making some assumptions, and I think it's safe that most of you know the, the, the story of Nehemiah, of course, the walls of Jerusalem. And uh, we've seen some of those rebuilt walls. They're amazing. They're astounding. Just, uh, there's some, in the Western Wall, you've seen pictures of it. There's one, one uh, stone that's about almost, well, two-thirds the length of this room, uh, six feet, feet thick, I believe it is, about four feet high, one slab of stone perfectly laid, um, 43 feet long, I think it is, something like that, and many stones like that, if you've seen the Western Wall, these great fortress cities that they built. And Jerusalem was without walls for 148 years. They were torn down by the Babylonians. And Nehemiah comes along in chapter 1, of course, and we know the rest of the story. And they, they did in 52 days what it took them, they couldn't do in 148 years. And I would submit to you that we have a number of people, millions of people in America, tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions. And, uh, and we even have Christians and by the thousands, maybe by the hundreds of thousands, maybe into the millions, I don't know, that have broken walls, broken down walls in their life. Maybe I'm talking to somebody tonight that has a broken down wall in your life that needs to be repaired. Just some opening thoughts here, and we'll get into the message proper here. I have a little eight-point outline. But uh, in way of introduction, Teamwork. We see teamwork in, there's 42 names of, family names of people in chapter number three that help build the walls of Jerusalem. They do it in 52 days, what the rest of Israel couldn't do and Jerusalem couldn't do in 148 years because a teamwork makes a dream work. And we see a number of different people. We see women, we see uh, carpenters, we see uh, artisans, we see different types of people that did different parts, parts of uh, the wall and these gates that they built. And no one can do everything, but everyone can do something. No one can do everything, but everyone can do something. We're in this together, the work of God. And uh, the best way to build your walls, your broken down walls, is to start where you're at. No, matter, no better time to start than today. And uh, I want to encourage you to give of your best to the master in the, the days that you have left to live for the Lord, of course. And so God's called us to serve him and to, to rebuild the walls of our life and uh, there's two types of people in all the world, of course, really, when you boil it down to the lowest common denominator, if you will. There's a great divide between the haves. In Christ, we have all things. And the have-nots. We have eternal life. We have the blessings of God. We have the power of Christ that worketh in us. And God wants us to be victors, wants us to be overcomers, not defeated. And God wants us to rebuild the walls in our life. And so I want to give you eight just little sound bites, if I could, uh, starting from chapter 3 here, verses 1 to 5, and moving forward, actually starting back in chapter number 2 is the very first one. I want to give you a different differentiation between the haves and the have-nots, and or those that rebuild their walls, their broken down walls in their life, and those that just go for 148 years, or in the, your, our case, maybe the application is your whole life, and 
ruined, broken down walls. So it was one of the, I'll just give an opening illustration to be done. One of the saddest things and realities of being a pastor that I have to just accept is that there are some people that never care, never want to. They, they come to your church once in a while. Maybe members, I hate to think of members of Harvest Baptist Church in this case, but there, there could be some, a handful at least. They don't want to improve. They don't want to build the walls of their life again. They don't want to repair. They don't want to build up. They want to just exist and carry along in life. Evidently, there were a whole bunch of people in Jerusalem that felt that way. They went for 100, 148 years without building the walls in their, of their city. He had no rule over his own. I told them, this is Nehemiah, of the hand of my God which is good upon me, as also the king's word that had, he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us, notice they said, see, Nehemiah had already said it in his heart, he said, let us, they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. They realized they had a good God. And they said, we're going to do a good work. And he, he God's begun a good work in every one of us here. If we're children of God and God wants to see that work finished to the end. But we get to verse 19. But when Sanballat and the Horonite and Tobiah, the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem, the Arabian, Heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that you will do? Will you rebel against the king? And they, they, they mocked the, the, those that would build the walls in their life. And so the haves say we can, while the have-nots say we can't. I used this morning in the illustration of Henry Ford. Whether you can or can't, you're right. And uh, there is a song... Uh, I know only Sonny would probably know who Don Camp is or was. He's in heaven now. He's been in heaven for many years. He was pastor in Anderson, Indiana. Just a dynamic pastor. He went home to be with the Lord, oh, good night, 15, 20 years ago now, I suppose. But uh, had Grace Church, Grace Baptist, great church, Grace Baptist Church of Anderson, Indiana. It's still going on good, strong, I'm sure, today. And uh, Brother Camp came to our Bible college. I'll never forget he... He preached a great message on diet and climate from Ephesians 4, which is still stuck in my head after all these years, 40-some years. But uh, he, uh, so he wrote a song. He wrote one song. He was a pastor, but he wrote a song. You want me to sing it for you? Yeah. I know you do. Yeah. Okay. We can do it. Yes, we can. There's victory here in the promised land. His mighty power. Oh, it's so grand. And we can do it. Yes, we can. How about that? Give me a big hand. Thank you. I'll take you very much. Try to sing that with me. Here we go. Ready? Sing, sing with me. Ready? We can do it. Yes, we can. There's victory here in the promised land. His mighty power. Oh, it's so grand. And we can do it. Yes, we can. With God, all things are possible. You can build the walls in your life if you put God first and just say, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. The have not say, no, you can't do it. The have say, yes, we can. We can do it. And then secondly, chapter 3, verse 1, And then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priest. By the way, pastors and preachers and uh, ministers uh, were to be the head, of, head servants, were to, be, were to be workers. And they builded the sheep gate. It was important they built the sheep gate first because the sheep gate is analogy. We, we, we go to John chapter 10, and Jesus is a good shepherd. He gives his life for the sheep. The sheep gate, all that come into that sheep gate, uh, 
uh, the, the gate's always open. It's the only open gate of all these gates that was always stayed open. And Jesus said, come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. The gate, the door of salvation is always open to everyone that will come. The Bible says uh, they built the sheep gate and sanctified it and set up the doors of it, even the tower of Mia. They sanctified it unto the tower of Haniel. Secondly, the haves lead the way in the work. The have-nots simply look. And uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 22 and verse number 13, the slothful man saith, there is a lion without, a, uh, I shall be slain in the streets. Ministers, and I have to be, again be careful here, I don't want to lift myself up by any means here, but I've realized that uh, if you're going to lead, you need to lead from the front. You need to be the, Jesus said, whosoever would be great among you, let him be the servant of all. And we need to learn how to be servants. Uh, this is preacher talk. You may not understand this, but I love this line. I never forgot it. There was a famous preacher by the name of Don Green. He used to say this this way. And this is a preacher talking. This may, may even rub you the wrong way, but I understand it. He used to say, any jerk can preach. <laughs> and uh, it's easier to, I got a couple compliments on the message this morning. And, and people said, Pastor, that was a good message. I really needed that message. That message was a good message because I needed it first. I'm the first one that needs it. And uh, it's easier to preach it than it is to live it. And pastors need to lead the way. And servants of God need to lead the way in, in putting their necks to the work. And uh, we, don't, we need to not just say how to do it, but we need to do it ourselves. And we need to lead by example how important it is. And so the haves, they lead the way in the work. The have-nots, they simply look and say, that can't be done. The haves, they say, we can, we can do it. The have-nots say, we can't do it. Chapter 3, verse number 2. I'm already on my third point here. Wow, I'm moving here long. I got eight points, so point number three here. Uh, verse number 2. And next unto him. By the way, notice the teamwork. And uh, the one built one section of the wall, and everyone can't do everything, but everybody can do something. And next unto him builded the men of Jericho. They came from a long ways away to build those walls. And next unto them builded Zechariah, the son of Imri. Now, if we had to take the time, I'm sure we could spend months in these, this book here just dissecting and learning about these families and these individuals that God put in his eternal word that, that did this work of God, that built this great wall that God puts in his holy word for all eternity as these were the people that built the walls, the broken down walls of their city once again. But number three, the haves help those to rebuild the walls, the have-nots seek only to hurt others. And it's interesting, the men of Jericho, in verse number two, remember what happened in the walls of Jericho hundreds of years before this. The walls came tumbling down, remember the story. We saw the ruins of Jericho. And the uh, Bible said, made the prophecy that the walls would not be re re rebuilt for uh, generations to come. The walls of Jericho are not built to this day. 3,000 plus years, but... They didn't have jealousy in their heart. They didn't say, well, we don't have walls, so we're not going to help our, our brethren build the walls. No, we're in this together. We need to help one another. There's no room for jealousy in the work of God. It's one of the jealousy and envy are one of terrible sins. Uh, uh, I divert just a little bit, but I just want you to understand that uh, I make, you know, I'm a capitalist. I'm a, uh, and you should be a capitalist too. The Bible, I believe... 
the Lord is, teaches capitalism in the Bible. And uh, to him that hath even that which he hath, uh, more shall be given, but to him that hath not, it shall be taken away, Jesus said. I'm not a socialist. Uh, I'm for, uh, if you make you, if you work, you work hard, you get to keep what you make, and if you want to, you can give some of that away. The socialist says, no, I don't have anything, but you, you need to share and give me what you have. The conservative says, we, uh, we have and we want to teach you how to, to uh, have as well. The liberal says, it's not fair that you have, so we're going to take away what you have and, and give it to the less fortunate. And they, they, they create class envy. And here, the, the men of Jericho could have said, we don't have a wall, so why should you have a wall? No, they said, Nehemiah gave the call and said, all they want to build, you come and help build. They built. You know, uh, maybe I'm talking to somebody, maybe your family isn't what you'd like it to be. Don't raise your hand, but we all have brokenness in our families. Well, you know, we have another family. It's called the church family. um, We sing the song, I'm so glad I'm part of the family of God. Thank God for this family. Thank God for our family. And strengthen our family. Strengthen God's family. And at the same time, work at your family. And learn to adopt others and to be a blessing in your family, the men of Jericho, they said, well, we're, we're not going to hurt because we don't have a wall. We're going to build and we're going to help you build your wall. And in turn, they received a blessing as well. Uh, let me ask you a question. Do you seek to help others prosper? Or is it your goal to make sure that others don't get ahead of you? Proverbs, Romans 10, Romans chapter 12, verse number 10 says, Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Thank God when other Christians are blessed. Thank God when you're used of God to help rebuild the wall of somebody else's life. And here we see this principle with the men of Jericho in chapter 3 and verse number 2. Then, then number, verse number 5, notice the fourth version of the haves versus the have-nots for those that rebuild the walls of their broken lives. Those that choose not to rebuild or just lay around and do nothing. It says, and next unto him, or next unto them, verse 5, the Tekoites repaired. But not all the Tekoites, but their nobles put not their necks to the work of of their Lord. The haves work in spite of others, other family members' sloth. The have-nots are are too noble to work. And again, I say I have to be careful here, but... uh, uh, we have in our church family, like any church family, we have those that do a lot of work, those who do work on top of that work. And then we have some that don't, that, that, they're, they're not givers, they're takers. I don't mean to be harsh. And they don't do work, and they don't help out. And uh, it, it's a, again, this is teamwork, and work is beneath them. And uh, we have, we need more work and less talk. Uh, it's easy to talk the game. It's hard to live the game. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, let me just, let me, I just want to divert for a second. It just popped in my head. I just want to say something. It's easy for pastors to read their Bible through once a year. I don't work. And I'm teasing you a little bit. Uh, it's easy to pray two hours a day when you don't go to work for 10, 10 hours a day, at your, no offense, but I'll look at Brother Paul. He's putting in a lot of overtime at uh, Stanley Tool. 
average day is probably 10, 12 hours every day. Some days he's probably saying, Pastor, you're lying. It's really 13 or 14. Huh? You know, I could, Tim, and I, some of you ladies, you work hard. Ann works so hard. Ann and, and uh, uh, James, I'm sorry, I couldn't get out. I want to say Jim. James, uh, they were here cleaning the church. Now, she, Ann, don't get mad at me. But uh, I know how long it takes to clean the church. They're here for two or three hours. I see Elaine in the back there, and Janet, and Janet over here, and uh, Lynn's over here, and all these folks that clean and do so much work around the church and nobody else sees. And uh, some people don't, let me just be honest with you, and I'm not trying to judge, don't think of anybody, but some people don't lift a finger to do the work of God. Here the Bible says, their nobles put not their backs to the work. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't work. It takes good old-fashioned work and discipline to accomplish things and to, 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 uh, to rebuild walls in your life. I would encourage you, by the way, to try to read your Bible through in 2020. That's a good, noble effort. And by the way, if you have a factory job, you might be able to do that better than those that don't have a factory job. I remember it was one of the easiest years I had to read my Bible was when I was in the factory because I had a job where one of my jobs was where you put the machine on run and you could you had about 10 minutes before you had to do anything. So I had 10 minutes... 10 minutes of just free time, so to speak, just, and you could read your Bible. And not everybody has those type of jobs, but uh, uh, redeem the time for the days are evil. Number five here, verse number eight, it says this, these words, next unto the, him, we're skipping a lot of uh, 42 different names of, of, of family members that helped build these walls. We're just looking at a hand, handful of them. Next unto him, repaired Uziel, the son of Harbiah, of the goldsmiths. They must have had some money. They had some gold, evidently. Next unto him also repaired Hananiah, the son of one of the apothecaries. They're the they're, 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 they're pharmacy guy. And they fortified Jerusalem unto the broad wall. And so number five, the haves are industrious and seek to improve themselves. The have-nots remain impoverished and seek to injure others. I, I get so mad. Let me just launch here for just a moment here. I see, I saw a commercial, a certain commercial that just drives me crazy. Well, I'll tell you what drives me crazy. So they got these new commercials on uh, these people that practice vaping. They call it vaping, you know? Well, now you die because you've been vaping and you're used to be a smoker, but you would change from smoking to vaping. I don't know the, I don't know the difference. It's like... The idea that a smoker didn't know that it was bad for you. I mean, who, who, everybody knows that. I mean, you don't have to have the Surgeon General tell us or a commercial tell us that smoking is bad for you. Everybody in America knows that. And like, duh, that vaping is bad for you. And maybe it's worse. And so now the lawyers are trying to say, call this number. We'll get you a big lawsuit settlement. And uh, it's like, as if you didn't know what you were doing is self-destructive. It's ridiculous. But you're going to get rich by your own stupidity by the fact that you want to destroy your life by vaping, whatever vaping even is. I hardly know what it even is, but I just blowing smoke of some types. I don't know. It's a substitute for cigarettes. And people want to get rich that way. Well, the goldsmiths didn't get rich by uh, robbing people. I think they were honest people. And the apothecaries, I think they were honest people here in the text as well. And, uh, but I want you to know they, they use their wealth to help others. Poverty, by the way, is not a Christian virtue. I get so tired of uh, the, the rich man getting bashed, and I get, why, why, why I'm just, why, let me divert for a second. I like Walmart. 
I don't care what you say. Thank God for Walmart. You may like Target. I don't care for Target, but if you like Target, that's fine. I don't care. I'm for free enterprise. I'm for uh, individual, or uh, I'm for folks to take, take chances and work hard and to be a blessing and be risk takers. I'm all for that. I think, I, I think we see that in the word of God. He, t- he took a risk on us by sending his son Jesus to die for us. And so the haves are industrious and seek to improve themselves. The have-nots remain impoverished and seek to injure others. Number six, only got three more, hang on. Verse number eight. Uh, we already used the verse, so let me, let me just give you the point. The haves give freely without getting. The have-nots only seek to get without giving. Proverbs says it this way. There is that... Withholds more than it meet, more than its meat, or more than its property, and tends to the poverty. But the liberal soul should be made fat. And uh, I'm all for liberalism, and liberalism in regards to giving liberally of your abundance and being a blessing to other people. And here, these people gave liberally of their 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 tithe and their talents. And their uh, we had you saw the crowd we had this morning. How did we have four thousand dollars given by the crowd that we had this morning? I think the answer is very obvious. We had some people who love the Lord and just give out of a heart of blessing, want to be a blessing to many, many folks. Number, verse number 12 here. Number, I said eight. I'm sorry, I have nine. I just looked at it here. Verse number 12. So I got three more. Hang on. Verse number 12. And next unto him repaired Shalom, the son of Halohesh, the ruler of the half part of Jerusalem, he and his daughters, now this is not a misogynist statement, but last time I checked, daughters might not be the best wall builders. Those stones can be awfully heavy. Well, the haves make the best of what or who they have. The have-nots shift blame for, for why they don't have. The, the haves, one, one more time, make the best of who or what they have, and they, the have-nots shift blame for what they don't have. Here is a family. He evidently didn't have any sons. He had daughters. He said, ladies, we're going to work. And by the way, men, I'm not trying to cut you down, but sometimes I've seen many ladies that work harder than men and uh, do men, men's work better than, than men, men can do. I'll just give you one for example. always cracks me up. Brother Jim, I'm looking at you because I know you're a gardener. But some of the best weeders, best gardeners are women. And that's hard work. And uh, it's, uh, it's hard work and... Uh, uh, some guys are not very good weeders or very good gardeners, and ladies are better workers. And evidently, these, this guy said he got his lady, women out there, and I never saw a woman mason, but uh, a woman bricklayer or blocklayer. But evidently, this man said, hey, honeys, that's his daughters, we're going we're gonna to build some of the wall of Jerusalem. We're going to do it. <laughs> the, the have-nots make the best of who they have. With, with, with who they have, pardon me. The, ha- the have-nots... Shift blame for why they don't have. Well, we can't help out. We only have women. We only have da- I only have daughters. No, Great, little as much when God is in it, God can use those daughters greatly. Speaking of, I never had any sons, in case you didn't notice. <laughs> but I got three daughters, and they're very fertile. I'm thankful for that. <laughs> they give me a lot of grandchildren. I thank the Lord for that. I was hoping, you know, we got one daughter that's got two, as you know. Got another daughter that's got four. Another daughter that's eight. I should have had a fourth daughter, so we could have her at 16. We would have really been in great shape. But uh, I don't know. 
we'll see what happens. Maybe one of my grandkids will get, get with it and uh, get 16 great grandkids for us. Who knows? But verse number, verse number 20, let's move on here. Point number eight here while I'm digging my hole here. Verse number 20, same chapter. And after him, after him, and see the progression, after him, next to him, after him, after them. Now we come to Baruch, the son of Zaba. Notice it said that, uh, or Zabiel, earnestly repaired the other, other piece. It's, it implies hard work. He earnestly repaired, painstakingly repaired the other piece from the turning of the wall unto the door of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. And number eight, the haves learn the genius of hard work while the have-nots hardly work. The haves learn the genius of hard work while the have-nots learn or, or hardly work. Now, again, we saw some of those walls they built later on in the, the second and third and fourth century in Jerusalem. And some of those stone walls, I mean, they are, they are fortress walls. They are 40, 50 feet high. Those towers on the corners of uh, 70, 80, 90 feet high, I mean, just several feet thick. I mean, these are, these are fortresses that they built. And uh, they built it, it was hard work. The Bible says in Proverbs 10:4, He becometh poor that dealeth with his slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Proverbs 12:11, He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. Proverbs 12, 24, the hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Proverbs 13, 4, the soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent, diligent shall be made fat. So these, are, these people, they worked earnestly, they worked hard, and God blessed them. Number nine and last one, verse 21 and verse 27. Verse 21 says this, after him, that's after Baruch, the son of Zabiel, Preceding verse, repaired Merimoth, the son of Urijah, the son of Kaz. Notice what it says, and I underlined the two words in my Bible. Another piece, from the door of the Eliashib, even unto the end of the house of Eliashib. Then go over to verse number 27. After them, the Tekoites. Now remember in verse 5, the Tekoites, they built a part of the wall, but their nobles put not there next to the work. Not all the family members got involved. Not all family members of Harvest Baptist Church are going to get involved in the work of God. Some are just here for the, pardon the slang, but for the free ride. But the Bible says, and after the Tekoites repaired another piece over against the great tower that lieth out, even unto the wall of Ophel. So the last have versus the have-nots is the haves go the extra mile, while the have-nots won't go the first mile. The haves go the extra mile, while the have-nots won't go the first, first mile. Uh, We've heard the phrase, many hands make light labor. Uh, and God's called us to do the work of God, to the work, to the work. We are soldiers of God. Uh, I end with where I started, and we'll, we'll wind this, uh, this, land this plane here tonight here. But uh, uh, we live, I was talking to Bruce, Bruce Stewart uh, this afternoon, and of course yesterday or Friday we were talking a little bit, and I pulled, you know, they're in a, different, a lot of different churches they're having a harder time getting meetings than ever before, missionaries in general, because churches do not have Sunday night services anymore or Wednesday night services. They only have a very small handful. 
It's the only time they can present is Sunday morning, but the pastor is so anxious, he only gets to preach 45 times a year or whatever it is, so he's very jealous for his pulpit, and rightfully so, so he can't have missionaries in Sunday morning, so missionaries are left out in the cold because they can't get their meetings in, but we're living in a different age and different era than ever before, and we've got to be figure out how to work not any harder. We're already working hard. We need to learn how to work smarter. We need to learn how to continue to be. God still said to go into all the world and make disciples, make converts. And uh, I say in way of closing here tonight here, as a church body, as we hit 2020, I already got my theme. I want to, I've had it for about, really about two months, I think. I like the theme that we're going to have for 2020. We've got to make some adjustments and some changes, not some compromises, not some uh, lessening, but we've got to figure out how we can work smarter, work, work uh, and get, uh, get productivity accomplished and have people get discipled and people come to know Christ as Savior. And there's ways that we can do that if we, we, we think smartly and sharply and we don't blame and say, well, it can't be done today. It's 2020. Nobody cares for church anymore. Uh, we're in a... In a, in a different era today. We're in a, the age of, uh, I, I said this, uh, just, we're in the age of the Internet Church, the uh, Satellite Church. You know, we have right in Torrington, Connecticut, we have a Satellite Church ministry of another town just not too far away from here. They watch the service on this big screen right here in Torrington, Connecticut. And uh, the one main preacher, I've seen him, by the way, and I'm just, I'm not trying to be mean, uh, but, uh, you know, he's there in his form-fitting blue jeans and his nice open collar. He's a good-looking young guy. And uh, he raps with the people and gets people excited and so forth. And they have a, they have a different whole venue than what we have, of course. And uh, maybe I'm too old-fashioned, too old fogey. I get it. I understand. I'm not bashing. But uh, they're innovative. I think there's some wrong innovation as well as some right innovation but our first audience to be pleased, we want to please the Lord first. Don't ever forget that. We must want to please the Lord first. Our goal is not to grow. Our goal is to give him glory. And in doing so, the Bible says, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. The gospel still works. The message still works. We just have to work at our presentation. We have to work at uh, the opportunities that we have to give out the gospel in new, fresh, and exciting ways. And so in the months ahead, it's not going to happen overnight. Change is hard. Change takes work. Change is pain, pain taking, pain's taking. But we have to work and continue to say we're going to start putting one brick on top of another, one stone on top of another. We're going to start rebuild, the, rebuild our church, rebuild our family lives, and don't give up. One, one, one brick at a time, and God, it would be amazing what uh, you can do if you just start. The best time to start is today. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight. Lord, the walls, the book of Nehemiah is about a 52-day event, most of the book, anyhow. For 146 years, 148 years, some say, the walls were destroyed. There had to be men who came along and people that came along and said, hey, let's build the walls. But they never did. It wasn't until Nehemiah came along that they, people had a mind to work. And they said, let us rise up and build. And as, as we say, the rest is history. Lord, some Christians in our church will say, no, I'm not going to bother trying to rebuild the walls, some broken walls of my life or the broken walls of my family's life. Lord, and they'll just remain broken and broke down and decrepit for the rest of their earthly lives. But Lord, some will say, we're going to rebuild the walls. We're going to have a strong city again. We're going to start a strong family. 
It starts with one brick at a time. Help us to be about your business. Help us to be about your work, we pray. Pray blessed in uh, our moments of reflection and invitation tonight, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing that song, To the Work, To the Work, We Are Children of God, Servants of God. I'm throwing a curveball here. I don't know.